Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is a guiding principle study for the Anonymous podcast. This is episode 34. We're going to begin on page 59 with the italics. But first, we're going to give our introductions. Carl, can you jump in and introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Carl. I'm an addict. My clean date's January the 6th of 2015, and my home group is in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's Open Mind. All right, thanks, Carl. What's up, Melissa? Hey, y'all. My name is Melissa. I'm an addict. My clean date is May 21st, 2015. I have two home groups, Spiritual Ninjas and Freedom to Change. You can find us on Zoom. And I go to meetings in Slidell and New Orleans. Thanks. Thanks, Melissa. What's happening, Phil? My name's uh, Phil. My clean date is 4-1995. And uh, uh, my home group is uh, Men in Recovery in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania. And I do meetings in the Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania. All right. Thanks, Phil. And folks, we have we have some, some newer members jumping on. So first up, John. What's happening, John? Hey, I'm John. I'm an addict. I'm from New York. And uh, my clean date is 060405, and uh, I make meetings in the Hudson Valley. All right, thanks, John. What's up, Eric? Hey, I'm an addict. My name's Eric. Uh, my clean date is September 16, 2019. I got clean in the Suncoast area of Florida, and my home group is uh, Friday Night Clean uh, in Bradenton, Florida. Thanks, Eric. What's up, Alicia? Hey, I'm Alicia. I'm an addict. Um, my clean date is September the 16th of 2019, and I got clean in Pensacola, and my home group is Third Tradition. Thanks, Alicia. What's up, Chrissy B? Hey, I'm an addict called Chrissy B. My clean date is 11-7-15. Um, I got two home groups as well. My virtual home group is There Seems to Be This Alternative. You can find us on Zoom, or my physical home group is in Albany, Georgia, The Courage to Change. All right, thanks, Chrissy. What's up, Carol? Hey, uh, my name's Carol. I'm an addict. My clean date is August 5th, 2017. My home group is Third Tradition Group in Pensacola, Florida. All right, thanks, Carol. What's happening, Andreas? Hey, my name's Andreas and I am an addict. My clean date is May 23rd of 2007. I am from the greater Pensacola area also known from the greatest retreat ever called the How. Oh. for honesty, open-mindedness, willingness, and love. That's it. Thanks, Andres. And we have Donna. What's up, Donna? Hey, guys. My name is Donna. I'm an addict from Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is November 22nd, 1985. I live in uh, my home group is Solutions for Living on Sunday night, 6 p.m. Come see us. All right, thanks, Donna. Nomadic name is Douglas. Uh, got clean March 12th, 2000 in southwestern Pennsylvania, and uh, I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, folks, here we go. This is episode 34 for the Ghana Principal Study for the Anonymous Podcast. And we're going to begin on page 59. We're going to finish up Tradition 3. I'm going to read these three italics. We're not going to comment. We're going to jump right into Tradition 4, but the italics on 59 to sum up Tradition 3 reads this. Our third tradition offers relief from reservations we might have about membership and about each other. We have nothing to prove, no one to impress, nothing to lose but our needless suffering and nothing to gain but our freedom. This simple declaration makes a commitment to unity, anonymity, and the power of the program. Making the decision to join Narcotics Anonymous is the first of many decisions we will make as a member. We who have been utterly controlled by our addiction are now free to make decisions that will save our lives and the lives of many others. When we make a decision to try an A, we have no idea where it will take us, our desire starts us on a journey that can set us free from our obsession and compulsion. This decision is the beginning of a new way of life for us. Joining in the fellowship with others finally frees us to be ourselves. 
So if we jump over one page, this is tradition four, it reads, each group should be autonomous, except the matters affecting other groups or NA as a whole. Melissa, I'm gonna ask you if you could jump in. Could you read these first two paragraphs on page 62 and comment? Absolutely, Douglas. Recovery is an ongoing journey to freedom. When we live the NA program, we are constantly experiencing new opportunities for growth and also discovering our limitations. As our lives improve, our responsibilities increase. Freedom becomes much more complicated and much more beautiful. Our experience of freedom is no longer a simple absence of boundaries. As we progress in the steps, we see the ways addiction tied us in knots, and we start to understand how self-centeredness, fear, and resentment continue to bind us. As our vision clears, we see more and more hope on the horizon. Freedom can transform us, or can transform from a fantasy of doing whatever we want, the ability to live with joy and gratitude in our present reality. Wow, that's beautiful. So, um, I mean, I definitely can relate to a lot of this. So, you know, I liked how I talked about experiencing new opportunities for growth and like there is, I have found that, that there's no limit in that. You know, the next thing it talks about is um, discovering our limitations, but one way I'm not limited is in my ability to grow um, and become a better person and really just learn a whole lot about myself because that's definitely been my experience. And I love that it talks about the steps because that's really how I've gotten to know myself, you know, and how to apply principles and really how to operate like within the world around me without causing destruction and chaos. And now don't get me wrong, like I still, I'm still not perfect and I do create problems in my life. And unfortunately those around me sometimes, but as long as I'm like self-aware and willing to listen and be open-minded, like I can definitely make those changes that I need to. So I don't have to keep creating like tornadoes, you know? And, and when I first came in, it was a lot of tornadoes and a lot of chaos and a lot of reckless decisions, but thankfully I didn't put dope in my body and I was willing to work steps. So that's definitely improved for me. And when I read Discovering Our Limitations, I'm like, ooh, you know, like that hits me. Cause like, I like to think now that I'm clean, like I don't really have no limitations, you know, the sky's the limit. And I mean, for the most part, that's true, right? Um, Like my my career like I actually have a career for one and like I've just like completely excelled and and done so well but like there are a limit is like some careers just aren't for me you know thankfully I found one that does work but you know um and like when it comes to service like some of the limitations that I have um it's it's important as we talked on the podcast before like knowing those like I do not want to be a treasurer like, it just freaks me out to be handling all these other people's money, you know, like, that's just not something for me, but throwing events, like, that's something I love, and, like, I've learned that through service, and let's see, oh, and, you know, I thought when I got clean, like, I was just gonna, like, everything, all my issues were gonna disappear, right, but it says right here, uh, we start to understand how self-centeredness, fear, and resentment continue to bind us, so it's saying right here, like those things don't just go away. And that's been my experience. Um, I constantly have to like work on those things. And thankfully, you know, I don't have to let the self-centeredness, fear and resentment, resentment, like drag me like I used to, you know, I, I remember like there was this one situation, it was after a breakup and I was just really in this rough spot and I was at my home group and I was talking about like, and it's like, I could feel it like in every part of me. And it was like, I didn't want to like go, like, like I had claws in it and it was killing me, you know, and um, basically getting out of that self-centered resentment and fear, I was able to let that go. And that was one of the most life-saving decisions I've made besides getting clean. So, um, you know, as long as I'm willing to work the program and apply it in my life, then I don't have to live like that. And then, like it says here, like I can experience that true freedom. That's all I got. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Melissa. What's up, Carl? Yeah, I mean, it's some some pretty heavy paragraphs here. I mean, to me, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, my ability to create freedom is um one of has been one of my greatest gifts. You know, and it, it 
that that autonomous piece, you know, and coming into recovery, I had basically no idea of who I was, what I liked, what I enjoyed. Um, and it's been nothing but growth, you know, and it talks about these new opportunities for growth. It talks about, and I think that where I'm at now is I love how it talks about freedom becomes much more complicated and much more beautiful, <laughs> you know, and it talks about responsibilities. And um, I think that ability to create freedom. Oops, sorry. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Sorry, I was getting a text message. Hey, those comments, Carl. What's up, Hugh? Wow, uh, good stuff. Uh, I'll I'll be real quick. Yeah, that that uh, those uh, paragraphs up. There was a whole lot of good things in there, but um, a, a bunch of things did catch my attention. But uh. I cannot help not to look at as our vision clears, we see more and more hope on the horizon. I love more and more hope ahead. And uh, I guess as I get better, as, as things clear, clear, clear up in, in, in sight, more and more hope. Uh, you know, uh, there, there, there's not there's nothing like like hope, you know, having that uh, uh, expectation and, and something that's, that's confident, like meaning the program and, and just other things that the program got, but it's more and more of those uh, good things to hit. And then back to that, that freedom thing, um, I, I love that too. Uh, freedom can um, transform us from a fantasy of doing whatever we want to uh, the ability to live with, with joy and gratitude in our present reality. Um, we can do uh, li live in reality. I can live in reality today, and uh, through having a program with uh, with steps and and traditions and uh, the unity and, and and all that, and uh, I can live in reality today. I can I can live life as it is. And that's all I have. Thanks for those comments, Phil. What's happening, John? John, bless you, Covenant. So to me, um, it all depends. To me, it all depends on what level of freedom I want to I want to get from from my recovery. Um, you know, I came I came in and freedom to me just meant not being incarcerated, not having a case over my head, and 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 not having to do whatever you know whatever um, somebody else had to tell me, whether it was the courts or or, or whoever. And you know, today's freedom is a, is a, a whole different meaning to that. Um, like. Like not doing something just because I'm, I'm I'm fearful of it don't fly anymore. I'm like I was fearful just to come on this thing. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know who was going to be on here, but I knew that I was going to do it. And, and, and you know whether or not like I don't need to know how it's going to go right before it happens. Like I don't need tomorrow's newspaper today. I, I don't need to know how this happens before it happens. I could just get in here, and and, and you guys are just a bunch of addicts. And, and, you know, and, and hop in and figure it out. So that's what I got. Thanks. First comments, John. What's up, Andres? Yeah, unmute yourself, bro. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm reading here as our vision clears, we see more hope on the horizon, you know, and I could read on more, but my spirits just allow me to share a little bit of um, back in the grips of addiction, you know, in the city of Chicago, not knowing how I'm gonna get out of this mess here and the cold weather and all that good stuff. And, and they gave me that hope to visualize what, freedom from active addiction looks like for me today. And um, I fantasize of moving up from that hellhole, cold city into a, a nicer place like Florida. And um, you know, a lot of things are very possible. See, them fantasies came true. And I, I live in a very um, nice um, place right now. Um, even though right now I'm going through a situation where I'm currently not working, knowing that I visualize something better in my life, things are gonna be all right. As long as I stay in the process of 
NA, staying clean, anything's possible for me. So um, that's what I'm getting out of it. You know, it's just a hope shot for me still. Thanks for letting me uh, share. Thanks for those comments. We're going to pivot to Donna. Can you finish this out on page 62? Be happy to. We balance autonomy with responsibility. When we keep our purpose in focus, our autonomy makes more sense. The responsible practice of autonomy helps us to see our relationships and obligations more clearly and to use our creativity, our imagination, and our enthusiasm to help us fulfill our purpose in our groups, in our lives, and in service to our higher power. Having a purpose makes freedom meaningful. We need meaning to make our autonomy constructive. The autonomy of our groups becomes a tool for recovery when we remember <clears throat> our primary purpose. Our personal autonomy becomes much more powerful when we know our own purpose and to have a sense of meaning in our lives. And I've under underlined this next bit, understanding and accepting ourselves as a gift of recovery. Autonomy allows us to express who we are with integrity and to carry a message, the truth of our own experience in our own way. I love how this is starting out talking about on a personal level, what autonomy and freedom and responsibilities are, you know, and um, I, I was thinking about that uh, part in our readings where we talk about becoming a responsible, productive member of society. That was never a goal, right? But it happened all the same, right? I got clean. I started taking care of my kids and take care of my home and getting a job and going to school and doing all this stuff. And before long, I was, I was a member, a, a productive member of society. I belonged someplace. I started out with belonging in Narcotics Anonymous, and then I belonged in a, you know, in a home group, and then I belonged in a region, and then, you know, and then pretty soon I understand there's like a worldwide fellowship, right, and I belong to something really incredible. Um, the other piece I love that it, how it brings it down here is that, um, and, uh, because we're talking about groups, the autonomy of the groups, right, and to understand that that is never to be used as a weapon, right? And my own autonomy is never to be used in a weapon against other people in my world, right? It, I, it is my responsibility to take care of myself. It's the group's responsibility to take care of itself, right? This responsibility of the members, but never at um, the cost of another person or the cost of another group or NA as a whole. The group autonomy is important but not important more important than narcotics anonymous as a whole my autonomy is not, is important but not more important than my family as a whole you know my friends as a whole my fellowship as a whole um let's see what else i want to say about this one of the gifts of recovery for me has been to find out what my own values are you know, not the stuff that was told to me, not the things I felt guilty about not doing, not all the stuff I came in here with thinking, if I do all that stuff, I will be a good person. And I'm not a good person because I don't do all that stuff. Right. And um, but I've gotten to find out what is important to me as a human being, what my values are, not what your values are, not even what the values of Narcotics Anonymous are, but me. And what I found out is that when I know what my own values are, they are so easy to stick to. It is so easy for me to do the right thing based on my own understanding of what the right thing is, right? So uh, maybe, you know, so maybe somehow that'll translate to the group. You know, I've been parts of groups that haven't agreed with what's going on at area and have refused to participate. And um, that's always hard to... Um, get behind, but sometimes it's still the right thing to do, right? Not to not show up and um, state your case, but if I, if I don't like the way the area is spending money, if I have trouble with the way the treasury report's going, if I think money's being siphoned off on the side and nobody's dealing with it, I'm gonna ask my home group to hold on to the money or send it on to world or send it on to region, right? And um, I mean, it happens, right? We're human beings. Sometimes we stay a little sideways for a while, sometimes for a long time, right? But um, I guess that's all I have to say. Nice to see all you guys. Thanks for those comments, Donna. I'll make a comment here and then, and then I'll, Carol, I ask you to uh, 
to read the first two on 63. But my comment on that piece was, you guys heard the analogy about like when, when we have this mindset of, of absorbing um, like as much as we can, this really self, self-centered perspective. It's like, I always thought being a man meant like, hey, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm like, oh man, I want to do what I want to do. And then like you, you folks taught me, you know, Narcotics Anonymous really simply taught me like being a man is, is like doing what you, what you have to do. Your responsibilities, hold your commitments, encourage others, be transparent. You know, all the things that, that in this, I thought I'm not, I'm not beholden to anything or anybody or any structure. That's what freedom is. That's what being a man, it's the total opposite, right? It's an awakening of the spirit to understand, oh, hold on. When I'm, when I'm really, you know, man, autonomous, you know, I have this freedom. Well, damn, now I have, now I have some commitments I need to, I need to kind of stay accountable with and live up to. And in doing so, what's the payoff? Damn, do I feel like I have purpose, man? I really do. Man. I feel plugged in. I feel like I have purpose, you know, and I, I and I'm inspired. Hey, we're going to go to Phil. Phil, jump in, make your comments. And then Carol, I'm going to kick it to you to, to read the, the first two on 63. What's up, Phil? Uh, I'll be real quick. I, I love what you had to say, uh, uh, Doug, and uh, and sort of like uh, on the, uh, the the note with you. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 wonderful to have uh, autonomy, but but what I've I've learned uh, with traditions and, and steps and things, uh, there is responsibilities uh, that go with it. And uh, I just uh, I love the the thing that, that was read at the very end. But I'm just going to go jump up a, a paragraph here. Having a purpose makes our freedom meaningful. Um, uh, if this program itself, traditions, every, anything about narcotics anonymous wasn't meaningful, I wouldn't be here doing it. We need meaning to make our autonomy constructive. Okay, so there got to be some kind of action with myself. You know, it's going to start with me and, uh, and end with me, really. Uh, um, uh, I need to have some kind of structure, meaning and purpose and responsibilities with, with, with my autonomy. And then it goes on, on to say, uh, becomes a tool for our recovery. When we remember our primary purpose. Okay. Uh, the, the, the first thing I need to remember uh, uh, to carry, carry this message to myself. You know, uh, I need to be a message to my myself and uh others and uh um yeah that's what we're here for that's all i have i thank you for that feeling i was tying that into what carl always talks about too is about creating that like we create our reality we create this uh, uh of what we're doing and, and so thanks for that feel all right carol let's jump in let's get those two paragraphs on 63 all right tradition four our tradition of autonomy ensures that every NA group is able to carry the message to the best of its ability. Each group makes decisions for itself and takes responsibility for these decisions. The result is that each of us is able to recover in complete creative freedom. We find ways to reach out that make sense to us and our groups make decisions that best serve the needs of the addicts who attend. We cannot practice one of the traditions without the others. And the other 11 traditions help to shape our autonomy and remind us of its limits. We carry an NA message and we are part of a fellowship that extends from the doors of our group through our local community and around the world. Our actions always have an effect on those around us and we can choose it at every moment what we want that to be. We can be a force for unity, providing a warm and open atmosphere for recovery. It's a decision. We can also decide to be divisive, exclusive or rigid, but that probably won't be attractive for long and it's unlikely to keep us clean because personal recovery depends on NA unity. Tradition four asks us to consider our actions in relation to other addicts group or NA as a whole. Um, my experience with that, um, well, if it wasn't for other, other people in recovery sharing their personal experience and being autonomous themselves or teaching me autonomy, I would, I would still be living off the kindness of others. I would not have my children. I would not have a career. Uh, I certainly would not have the happiness and freedom that I have today. Um, another addict a, a while ago in conversation, we were discussing the service symbol about, you know, the broader the base, the higher the point of freedom. So my freedom didn't come at, at a cost as much as it did with permission. 
And that was me giving permission to myself to look into things that I thought were impossible, to ask questions that, I, that I'd never thought about, and to trust other members in the rooms of Arcotics Anonymous about their experience, strength, and hope about issues. Um, I love going to outside, outside meetings because the groups are different, even though the message is always the same. We cut, uh, the 12 steps of Narcotics Anonymous is the same, but they're, they're shown differently or shared differently in rooms. And sometimes it is that hope shot or I hear a message in, in different words or different enthusiasm. And usually God has something to do with it. And it's usually right on time. That's what I have. Thanks. Let me share. Those comments, Carol. Anybody else want to jump in? Yeah, what's up, Carl? I just want to add something. I had a conversation the other day with, with someone and we were, you know, discussing some things that happens at meetings. And, you know, it was talking about a guy stood up kind of in the meeting, was like, oh, answered his phone and was walking out of the meeting and, uh, you know, was talking on the phone outside of the meeting. It was kind of distracting for some members and, you know, I was like, man, shit, come to New Orleans, dude. People answer the phone and talk on the on their phones in the meeting. You know what I mean? It's like if you've ever been to New Orleans and been around New Orleans, shit, some of the meetings get wild, you know, and it's not my flavor. You know what I mean? I, I like meetings that are calm and centered and people are like in what my consider to be respectful of shares and, you know, paying attention to me. That's it, but that's my perception. Because the reality is people come to those meetings and they stay clean <laughs> and they stay clean for a long time. You know what I mean? They got some people in those meetings, but that only go to those kind of meetings and they've stayed clean for 30 plus years. And um, that to me is like a smack in the face about autonomy, you know, because what I believe always works or would work best for everyone doesn't. And what works for me might not work for them. So thanks. For that, Carl, make a comment. Then I'm going to bring you and Melissa. Um, yeah, I, I circled, I circled rigid right there, and then I put a question mark in the margin because, I, like, if we, if I read that in context, you know, it's a decision. So we got the warm, open atmosphere, recovery, right, unity, and then it's like, in contrast to that, our actions can be decisive, exclusive, or rigid. But it's like it's lumping rigid into the um, decisive and exclusive part. And I got clean very, very rigid. You know, Southwestern PA, man, the group that I was in the first seven years. <laughs> I see you feel, love it. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, it was just like, look, it, for, for, for the folks who grew up on the iPhones, used to be we'd have a flip phone when they, when they for, first hot and you could take the battery out of them. I was so afraid that my phone would go off in the meeting and these old timers would be like, shut the fucking phone. They would flip out. We would take our batteries out of the phone just in case we had that accidental, you know, you put it on silent or vibrate and it still comes through. But we were super rigid then, like super, super rigid. And I don't, you know, and I don't look at that in the same, I don't look at that as kinfolk of the divisiveness or exclusiveness. I just don't, man. I, you know, I need a structure though. I had zero structure. You know what I'm talking about? Like I just didn't, I didn't have any. So I don't know. I, I, so, so those are my comments there. I, and, and then I don't know, like it's unlikely to, to keep us clean. I don't know if that's my story, man. I don't know if that's my story. What's up, Melissa? Come on in. Yeah. Thanks for that, Douglas. You know, that, that the word rigid didn't really stand out to me as much. I love how we all have like our own perceptions of things, you know, and that's actually pretty cool. Um, and that's actually what autonomy really is. So I looked up a definition, right? So there's a few definitions. Um, one is the quality of or state of being self-governing. And another is independence in one's thoughts or actions. And so like when I read the word rigid, it makes me think of somebody that doesn't want to hug, um, somebody that's closed-minded, does, like doesn't like somebody because of the way they look or something like that, you know, whatever the case may be, and it isn't willing to work past that. So like, it's just like so tense. And I have those moments where I feel rigid. Um, typically, I'm able to push through it and get to the other side. But some other comments I wanted to make. So I like how it says that we can be a force for, for unity. You know, it's not like, oh, we can just practice unity. You know, it's like we can be a force, like we can have an impact on those around us. And in fact, later it says that we all do. 
you know, and um, I liked how it summed it up by saying tradition for access to consider our actions in relation to other addicts, groups, or NA as a whole. And just like it talked about, like all of our traditions kind of lean on one another. And this, the traditions are teaching me how to interact with other people in society and how to be welcoming. And I mean, really, at the end of the day, that's how I get what I need, right? By sharing with y'all, by connecting, by putting the work in, being of service. Like, those are the ways that um, I get to recover. And there are suggestions, but no one's telling me you have to do it just like this. The only thing um, that basically we got to stay clean, right? Like, because that's the only way I'm going to keep recovering. So, but how I make that happen in my life, I have that autonomy and the group has the autonomy to decide exactly what format they're going to have, you know, just the way they want the chair set up, you know, if they're going to serve coffee, although coffee kind of seems to be like a mandatory thing, you know, when you go to a meeting, everybody wants it. So anyway, that, that's all I got on that. Thanks. Alicia. Hey folks, Alicia had her hand raised and then down and then up again. So I'm going to bring her in. What's happening, Alicia? <laughs> Hey, I'm Alicia, I'm an addict. Um, when Carl was talking about the meetings in New Orleans, um, it got me thinking about um, my home group, their tradition. Uh, we're in downtown Pensacola and out of all the groups in the area, we're kind of more so the front line of recovery, we like to say, because we get a lot of newcomers um, on a daily basis. and um, some hard one experience from my predecessors, we've had to lay down some kind of ground rules for our format to kind of rein it in a little bit. Um, Cause it can get really, you know, it can turn into a drug log meeting really quick. If you don't, you know, if we don't have some old timers or, you know, people with that are trying to maintain an atmosphere of recovery. And, um, you know, it rubs people the wrong, the wrong way sometimes, but the way I've always seen it is, you know, I respect the group where I'm at, you know, whatever their format is, that's the way that the group conscience has decided it should go, and, you know, I need to respect that, and so um, I think it's just important for me to remember, like, every group does things differently, and just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong, it's just what works for that group. So that's all I got. Thanks for those comments. What's up, Andreas? Hey, um, so um, I have a awesome experience and I, I revert back into early in my recovery. My first three years um, in Narcotics Anonymous, I did nothing but Spanish speaking meetings, did the steps and traditions at the same time with a sponsor. Until uh, my third year, I was. Um, asked to be the GSR of the home group, you know, cause I was still stuck in just the home group, maybe make one English speaking meeting on a Sunday. And um, finally I got introduced to something wonderful, you know, and that was the service structure of a uh, area. Cause you know, the only thing I knew was home group and all that. So I'm starting to see the difference how and they conduct themselves and different ways too, besides the home group level, but at the regional level and so on. And what I got out of that, that the, the other home groups from our North City area um, were just happy to see the home group I was part of early in my recovery to show up and, and represent that home group. And I mean, after the meeting was over and all that, the love that I was getting, like, hey, you know, you should come to my home group, you should come to this meeting on Saturday nights, and, you know, that should spark something even bigger than what I had my first three years, the, the autonomy, the differences when you go to early morning meetings, late night meetings, midnight meetings, and so on, it, it's just it's just a beautiful thing to see, and, and the difference is how other meetings conduct themselves, and the attraction to that, you know, it's like, you know, if I want a higher flavor or uppity flavor, I, I find one. If I want a mellow down flavor kind of meeting, I find one. And um, that's the beauty about having uh, the difference of meanings and stuff in Narcotics Anonymous. So that's what I have. And um, thanks for letting me share. 
All right, thanks, bro. What's happening, Phil? Well, that was all good. Uh, uh, I can't help uh, not to go back to uh, talk about uh, we can be a force for unity, providing a warm and open atmosphere of recovery. And um, uh, I always say this, I, I can probably catch more bees uh, with honey than without it, okay? Uh, uh, but, but there's a flip side to that. It's a uh, decision of, we can also decide to be divisive, exclusive, or rigid. But it goes on to talk about, which I, I love about this literature, as to what happens when we want to do that. Because personal recovery depends on, on uh, in, in a unity, it asks us to consider our actions, relations of addicts and groups, group, groups or NA as a whole, meaning, meaning everybody. But it's a, of the decision of say, being rigid and, and the other way probably won't be an attraction for long. And it's unlikely it'll keep us clean. So I, I shouldn't be that. Uh, according to what I'm seeing here, I shouldn't be that way. I shouldn't be that way to anybody. You know, especially in, in the meetings, you know, we're, we're all equal. And then, and then the things that I'm reading with our traditions, with the spiritual principles and steps and things, uh, is talking about us uh, being happy, joyous, and free. We're talking about freedom even in this uh, uh, tradition and that. It's not, it's not gearing me to be that way. And that's how I see it. And then I, I can clearly see in the literature, I sh probably shouldn't be doing that. If I'm reading this stuff, I shouldn't, you know, it's not good. And the literature is telling me that's not a good thing, way to be. That's how I see it in the literature. Thanks for those comments, Phil. All right, folks, any other comments? All right, Eric, we're kicking it over to you. Can you read the next two, starting with freedom and responsibility? Yeah, I'm going to add it right there. Freedom and responsibility work hand in hand. Our groups have autonomy, but are asked to attend carefully to the ways that our actions may affect other groups or NA as a whole which is to say our local NA community, the rest of the NA fellowship, and our relationship with those outside NA. Our autonomy is precious to us, and at times we defend it fiercely. The most important thing we do with autonomy is to carry the message. Our task is to ensure that when we exercise autonomy, we do it in ways that enhance our efforts to carry the message rather than interfere with it. Autonomy is part of a larger whole, just as we see our groups, our service bodies, and ourselves as part of something greater. This tradition both offers freedom and establishes boundaries for us in ways specific rules or policies never could. Self-obsession is the core of our disease. And one of the defining features of self-obsession is that we do not see the impact of our actions on the people around us, or we just don't care. In recovery, we recognize that we have an effect on the people in our lives. Through the harm we do in our addiction and the loving assistance we offer in recovery, we can see that our, our actions do matter. Tradition two teaches us about group conscience. Tradition four asks us to let that conscience be our guide. Uh, man, I'm rarely at a loss for words. And, uh, you know, I just, I love our literature so much. It does such a phenomenal job of, of uh, you know, putting my experience into words. Um, I'll go back to, it mentions it over and over here, freedom and responsibility working together, you know, and, uh, and I liked what Doug said about, just the, the perspective change that has happened since I've come here and what I thought freedom was and what freedom is to me today. And, um, and, that, and that by wanting more freedom, I'm willing to take on more responsibility because I understand that that's how I get it. Um, you know, and I'm also, I rarely anymore try to use traditions to tell someone else how to act. And for me, that's almost like the uh, attraction versus promotion. You know what I mean? Like I'm spending so much energy paying attention to my actions and, uh, you know, trying to be what is attractive to me, you know, like through my predecessors that I very rarely, I want people to have freedom. You know, I want people to keep coming back because if I wasn't allowed to keep coming back, I wouldn't have got where I'm at today, you know? So, but I also understand respecting a, a group's traditions. I think that, 
the group conscience is like the closest thing to God's will that I can experience. Um, and, uh, you know, like there's some meetings I go to that they say, you know, we don't mention specific drugs because we don't want to trigger anybody. And I'm like, well, where in our literature does it mention triggers? You know, and just because I don't agree with it doesn't mean that I don't abide by that group conscience, you know. Uh, anyways, I'm just stoked to be here. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for those comments, Eric. What's happening, Carl? Yeah, I love that piece about attraction rather than promotion. I just uh, finished up an 11th tradition out of the guiding principles, and it really echoes hard about carrying a message to me personally, because how am I actually carrying that message? And, and I think that that's the hard piece, I think, because in my mind, especially with people outside of NA, now that's the part that I struggle with the most because if, if I go to these meetings and people are just being disrespectful, talking on their phone, not giving a fuck, and then they, they kind of take that to the outside. It's like, what has actually changed in my recovery? If I'm still acting like that and acting like a fucking idiot, no offense, am I really recovering? Am I free? Am I free enough to where, like just, just a minute ago, I got distracted because my phone, you know, I, I have this computer and it's linked to my phone. And so when text messages have come through, it shows up on my computer and it's super distracting. You know what I mean? So I just had to turn my phone off. Like I turned it on, do not disturb. But it's like at the same time, like, so when you bounce back to the level of freedom, right? I want to be free from my mind, impulse, resentments, how I'm acting. You know, I want to remove all of that stuff from my past. That's the point of the steps, right? I mean, that's, that's what I'm actually removing is all of this insanity from my mind, past unconscious behaviors, um, and to me, that's how I, I am. I'm carrying a message through attraction. I'm being the light. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about the light. I'm being the light. And I often use the example, you know, like I can watch videos about running. I can read books about running, but unless I'm running, I'm not going to be a better runner. And to me, it's the same way with recovery. If I'm not actually going to meetings, working steps, working traditions, I'm not really, all I'm doing is promoting. I'm not actually being attractive. And that's what it says. The most important thing, that's what it says right here. The most important thing we do with autonomy is carry the message. But it is, it is autonomous to me. I'm carrying it differently. Everybody's going to look different on how they do it and express it because of our creative nature. But it is the most important thing we do. And I'll tell you what, the, the, to me, the most powerful thing I've experienced is not carrying it within an NA but outside of NA, when people say, damn, bro, you used to do all these drugs and shit. You didn't, I mean, what the fuck? How? How? So, yeah, I love that part. So thanks. Thanks for those comments, Carl. What's happening, John? John, I have it. Okay, so on here, it talks about that, like, we have autonomy, but we have to make sure that what we do doesn't affect NA and other groups um, as a whole. And, and so right off the bat, it's telling us that like, we gotta be real mindful of what we're doing before we implement what we want. And uh, like for addicts, you know, like when I, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I just do what like what Doug said, I just do what I wanted. I, I just, and, and, and I'll pay the consequences later. And um, this is saying like, you know, before we implement, before our group implements anything in a, in a Content stuff. We have to make sure that it's not going to affect other groups or NA as a whole. Um, we, I've seen that, like, uh, where when I was in the city, um, people didn't get along with, with somebody that was a chairperson for a meeting, so they all wanted to start a, a different meeting on the same night. Well, that's all well and good, but then, you know, you have some meetings that are already struggling with attendance, and now you're going to make a, a meeting the same night in the same, you know, the same time slot, and, uh, and they bring it to area, and area told them no. Like you're gonna you're gonna destroy that you know that other meeting. Um, they're like, listen, the chairperson's gonna be there for for three months. You know, you're probably two months into it, and then you know that's your group. You know, you you vote for somebody else to be the chairperson. You know, you don't just tear down one meeting to build and to start a new meeting. And um, and a lot of in that other stuff is a lot of stuff that we do for autonomy is is not just for the fellowship. It's for the places that we. That, that allow us to put our meetings, like a lot of church basements or whatever places that we 
that we, we have our meetings, they have their own rules about where we could smoke and where we could park and where and, and, and what kind of language we speak and, and all of those things. And we need um, to respect that to hold, hold our, our, our meeting space. Because if you lose the meeting, people are gonna die. So, um, you know, um, that's the most, one of the most important for me is to be able to hold, keep that meeting in the space and keep it going. Thank you. Thanks for that, John. John, just a really uh, quick follow up on that. So, so at the area level, they voted to say, "Hey, this new meeting was at the same time as the other meetings, and they would not they put it on the they, meeting they list." They didn't want yes. them starting a new meeting in the same neighborhood at the same date and the same time. Okay. And so the decision was to not put on yeah, the list. No, that they did. Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay. That's what happened. All right. Interesting. Thanks, John. What's up, Carol? You got to unmute. Working on it, thanks. <laughs> um, on the top part where it says in Narcotics Anonymous, we say that our message is hope and the promise is freedom, but most of us don't come here knowing what freedom means or what it feels like. Man, is that so true? Um, I've come to a place in my life where I've learned that the disease of addiction affects generations. So when I was out there using, I thought, it's not that big of a deal because I'm not hurting my kids or I'm not hurting my mom or I'm not hurting, you know, the neighbor or whatever, but I wasn't helping them either. So in turn, that's harm in, in and of itself. And I, I like to share with other people that recovery affects generations as well, but in the positive. So living the steps outside of a, of a meeting room, outside of a group into society uh, in our readings where it talks about we become productive members of that society, whatever society, whether I'm an educator, whether I'm an employee, whether I'm a, whether I'm a coworker or a mom or a friend or a daughter or, or dealing with whatever. I learned those tools in the rooms of Narconics Anonymous. I learned to be autonomous in that way because when I actively used, I couldn't make it my own decision. I gave the keys of my choices to everyone around me. I was never took responsibility for my life, my choices, my decisions, or my consequences. And when the consequences came, it was somebody else's fault. And autonomy has taught me to be responsible for myself and to be responsible for my part in things. And when things go south, which sometimes they do, I can look at my part and then have an opportunity to do something different. And that's what the autonomy part of the traditions taught me. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for those comments, Carol. What's up, Andreas? So I, I have a, a, a beautiful and kind of funny experience um, early in my recovery. And it, and it still currently happens every now and then where um, I'll get on that pink cloud of, you know, fellowshipping with members and Narcotics Anonymous that were um, once we're out, you know, out in the streets in society doing whatever, you know, that um, I started approaching like people that are not in the rooms that are co-workers and my, my, my brain is computing like, no, don't hug and my heart saying yeah, to where it's, it's kind of confusing sometimes because you guys pour so much love in me that I I just want to hug even co-workers without not even knowing that they're co-workers. And I remember my first experience doing that, had a little over four years clean and I'm, I'm walking up to the certain individual. Hey, what's up? My, my arms are in the air. Then I'm like, uh oh, co-worker, they might not want to hug. And um, so my hands come down for that famous handshake. You know, you want to do with a co-worker. But at the end, um, I say, yeah, you're cool. Let me just get a hug and all that. And sometimes that's that's the the difference. Sometimes I gotta remember that some people just don't want to be hugged, especially at work, you know. So um, and it's okay if I could go up to a total stranger sometimes and get a hug, even though I might get a punch back, but it's all right, you know. Um, the thing is that you guys taught me unconditional love here today. So um, that's what I have. Thanks. Thanks for those comments. What's happening with you? I'll be real quick. A lot, a lot of good stuff. Uh, I can't, I can't help but not to look at this uh, through the harm we do in our addiction and the loving assistance we offer in recovery. We can see that our actions do matter. 
And then uh, uh, right before that, up there it was it was talking about self obsession as the core of our 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 disease and uh, defining the feature of self obsession. Uh, we don't see the impact of our actions on people around us, or we just don't care. Um, a little bit of time went by. I did drink a, a few cups of uh, coffee here, uh, NNA, uh, and uh, very early in, in recovery, and I thought I changed some things. Uh, I, I, I don't cuss anymore. And my sponsor pointed out to me, my actions matter. He, he says, Phil, just because uh, you don't cuss, he says, you think you can say anything to anybody. And I'm here to tell you, there's a whole lot of people that want to knock your head off. See? See? My actions do matter, you know. Uh, and, and all the time, you know, you know, uh, I think I might have changed something. I'm doing something good, but, but, but guess what? He'd always say to me, Phil, you need to put some breaks on your mouth. That's all I got. Thanks for those comments, Phil. What's happening, Donna? We tell you that here all the time, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was um, thinking about the self-obsession that it talks about on here. And, um, you know, I don't know that I didn't care uh, about the effects on other people that my addiction was having. I don't know that my home group, when it's being wrapped up in, you know, we're autonomous, we can do anything we want. I don't know that it is that, that, they, that we don't care about um, how it affects other groups or any as a whole. I think that we are ignorant of our effects on other people. We've had the debate here on this podcast a couple of times about whether our words can drive people out of the meetings, you know, and my, my, just my words to that is like, if, if our words and our actions can bring people in, then our words and our actions can keep people out. It's one is not true without the other, in my opinion. Um, and so maybe when my group is being so wrapped up in self and what we want and what we think is right, you know, maybe it's self-obsession. Maybe it's the core of our disease that's acting out on a group level and we're calling it God's will, group conscience. You got to be careful about that. You got to be careful about that because I've seen the craziest shit in 36 years of this program. I have seen some wild stuff <laughs> in the name of group conscience. And I don't think God had much to do with it, folks. I just here to tell you um, uh, there's something else I wanted to say. Hang on a second. Hmm. That's the other thing about being here a long time is you get old in recovery. So that's enough out of me. Thanks. Love you, Phil. Thanks for those comments, Donna. All right, folks. So we have a few more minutes left. Let's go ahead and see if we can knock out two paragraphs here. Chrissy, can you jump in and read in Narcotics Anonymous, we say that our message? Yeah. Okay. Howdy, Chrissy. Uh, in Narcotics Anonymous, we say that our message is hope and the promise of freedom. But most of us don't come here knowing what freedom means or what it feels like. It's common thread. It's common thread in our stories. In addiction, we are seeking. We were seeking freedom and found ourselves imprisoned. As we experience freedom from active addiction, we start to get a better sense of what recovery means: freedom from obsession and compulsion, the joy of making our own choices, seeking our own recovery, learning who we are and what we believe. Our experience of freedom is not separate from our development of integrity. As we mature in recovery, we learn to exercise sound judgment in how we make decisions, place our trust, and meet our responsibilities. Immaturity, immaturity and unrealistic expectations are consequences of unhealthy reliance on others. When we, have, when, when we have not had the opportunity to make decisions in our own lives, we need experience to learn how to do it well. Responsible use of independent judgment develops in an atmosphere of freedom. As we make responsible decisions for ourselves, we develop our own conscience and maturity. Just those two, right? 
so I really liked um, how it said um, the part where uh, uh, the joy of making our own choices, seeking our own recovery, learning who we are and what we believe. And like, that's a beautiful thing for me today because like I never had the autonomy and coming here, having, getting to get autonomy and like learning who I am. And maybe my story doesn't look like your story, but like somebody said, that doesn't mean it's any less than, you know, because for the longest time I was afraid to come in here and share my experience because I didn't want to ruin somebody else's thought of what this program can offer. But the truth is, like in my experience, I did, for instance, with my autonomy, I didn't get my kids back. That's not part of my story. But that's okay today because that's not the that's not the promise, the message that we carry. And I get to be autonomous today in saying that, hey, I get to stay clean through these things. I get to stay clean and find that freedom. And I don't have to live in that fantasy no more. And I get to live in joy and my reality today of what that is for me and learning who I am with that. I'm grateful. And um, that's just learning where I'm at. And I'm going head first with the autonomous thing, autonomy thing, because I just moved to this area and I'm wanting it to be just where I came from. I want it to be the meetings just to be just the same. But the thing is, the groups have got economy too. I've got to realize that they've got something to offer me. All because it's different doesn't mean it's any less than. That's not what I had. That's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that. And look, we we spoke about it on this podcast many times. It's like where you get clean at, that's the way to do it, man. That's the right way. <laughs> and as you move around other places, like what the fuck are these people doing? And why are they doing it that way? You know, that's really, that's really good. All right, folks, we have, uh, let's go three minutes. Melissa, minute and a half. And then John, final comments, minute and a half. What's up, Melissa? All right. Um, in honor of Bill, I'll make it real quick. So, um, uh, Christy, I just want to say thank you for um, sharing that. You know, I didn't get my kid back either, you know. And uh, But there is some real freedom in, like, not having to, like, because I was imprisoned by that. You know, it just controlled my whole mindset. And um, anyway, so now I have freedom and a relationship with her, thankfully. But um, anyway, so this, these paragraphs really stuck out to me. And I really love said, uh, unhealthy reliance on others. Like I was so codependent and like, so like trapped in, um, being a part of some other people's lives that I, I didn't stand up for me at all. And I would let them walk all over me. And like today I, I can choose to live differently. And thankfully I do now unrealistic expectations. They still trip me up sometimes because I typically don't even know they're happening um, until it's like, wait, hold on. You know, I, basically I do a self check and I really liked how I talked about an addiction. We were seeking freedom and found ourselves imprisoned that hit me deep because like I thought I was you know I call myself a rebel uh I I mean I, I'm like I went to war you know I done fought for freedom I get the I have the right to do this you know to use and really I just trapped myself in my world became so small and I, I was confined you know and and today I have a real sense of freedom like I'm able to be myself I'm able to grow I'm able to go places I'm able to you know, make new friends and build relationships and have like a real quality of life. Whereas before, just like the basic text talks about, I was living at that animalistic level, calling myself free. So th these are real powerful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for those comments, Melissa. What's happening, John? John Attic. Um, yeah, so the, the first thing I wanted to say was like what you guys said, like I got clean and sober in, in, in the city. Um, and now I live up in the country. And when I got here, I was like, oh, my God, these poor people have been doing this wrong the whole time. I you know, like this. I was like, how did anybody get clean up here? I was like, these poor people. I'm, and it's the truth. because, it, and, and it's always weird to, to, to start over and get connected in a place where people didn't see you struggle. Like the people that I make meeting today, they didn't see me struggle. They didn't see me come in. They didn't see... I was a mess. They didn't see me get my first hoopty car. They didn't see me get my first crappy job. All they knew, they know is the John that they see today. And I got a really good life, you know. And um, and uh, and the freedom part for me means the freedom. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have the, that committee running the squirrel case today. Like I, I don't, I just don't. 
I don't have any secrets today. Like, like um, I, I, I recover right out in the open. Um, there's not one person in my job that doesn't know that if you need help, you can go to John and he's been sober for almost 17 years and he'll help you, he'll call you. Um, and, and, and that's the way it's been since day one. Like, I just, I don't hide it. And I got a government job and I still don't hide it. Um, it it's, it's really going to be a good place today that we could do that because it wasn't not that long ago that people had to hide, you know, the fact that I don't care, you know, how many years you had 20, 30 years of being clean that you still, you know, some places where you work, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that. So um, we're blessed. And, and I really appreciate you guys having me on here. And uh, I, again, and I'll definitely be back. Thanks for those comments, John. All right, folks, listening. thank you for riding with us. If, uh, if you could, your action item this week, find somebody that could benefit from this resource. And give it to them. Introduce the podcast to, to somebody. And remember, our, our the the collective uh, goal. What we want to reach is is and what we say is if there's one addict who can benefit from the effort that we put in, man, it's well worth it. It is just well worth it. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.